Welcome back, everyone, to My Faith Queer Chemist. I'm your host, Becca. And I'm Geraldo. Thank you for tuning in for our second episode of our Pride Month special. Yesterday was shut down STEM, and we hope that y'all took the time to educate yourselves on how you, your lab, your research, and your department can better support Black STEM professionals and work towards being actively anti-racist. Black Lives Matter today and every day. As we celebrate Pride Month and beyond, let us always remember that. With that, here's our show. Today, we are really excited to introduce you to this week's guest. Would you mind introducing yourself? Hi, my name is Rochelle Diamond, but all my friends call me Shelly. I'm pleased to be asked to participate in this, uh, in this endeavor of yours. So, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I, I currently work at the California Institute of Technology. I've been there since 1982. I have two full-time jobs. I work for Dr. Ellen Rothenberg. I'm her lab manager, and we work on the development of T cells, uh, early immune cells uh, from stem cells. And I'm also the director of the Beckman Institute uh, Flow Cytometry Cell Sorting Facility, where I service 30 other laboratories and about 150 research projects a year. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) So how has your experience been working at Caltech? Well, Caltech has been a breath of fresh air. And I have worked at other places which were not so good in terms of being a lesbian. But when I went on my interview with Ellen, we, we, we sat and talked for hours. And then she asked me to be her lab manager. And I said, let's just stop right here because I run a LGBT diversity group. Um, I've had reporters in the lab. And um, if this is a problem, let's just stop right here. Mm-hmm. And she said that her last lab manager was gay, and he was fabulous. And so <laughs> she's had my back all these years, and I've been out on campus. Uh, I work with the Diversity Center of Caltech on their LGBT working group. Um, I've brought people to campus. I open up my Rolodex for the, the Diversity Center. And so I'm known and out and nationally known because I'm the chair of the board of directors of the National Organization of Gay and Lesbian Scientists and Technical Professionals. So um, I bring that expertise to Caltech and all of my interactions and networking. So it's like three full-time jobs. (laughs) And I've also started... uh, was one of the founders of uh, Southern California Flow Cytometry Association uh, about 10 years ago, uh, where we put on a summit every year at the National Academy of Science in Irvine for all the Southern California Flow Cytometry and CLS people. Um, I'm the treasurer, and I just have lots of irons in the fire. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. So you would say that Caltech has been very supportive of you being LGBTQ plus then? Yes, very much so. I mean, I, I have had a couple of pieces of hate mail uh, mm-hmm. come through, but that's kind of an expectation for being out there. And my boss, when she found that out, she was livid and uh, actually got me to talk to the FBI. Oh, <laughs> wow. um, but um, yeah, but it's just, uh, you know, she's she's just my protector, you know, and, and we're like family in a sense. Uh, she you know, we have each other's backs. And I have not had any problems with any of my clients. And they all know I'm a a featured person. Well, it's much better being out than being in the closet because 
by being in the closet, I got sabotaged and let go from a job. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, wow. and that was really horrifying. And, and that's actually how I got involved with Los Angeles Gay and Lesbian Scientists, uh, because I, the person I was having the affair with, I was married at the time, she dared me to go to this meeting of this fledgling group. And so I went <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually how I met my wife too. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so. so can you tell us about your experience at the time at UC Santa Barbara? Well, at the time, I, I need to kind of go back because I only spent uh, two and a half years at UC Santa Barbara. I eventually got there. I was uh, in high school. I had come down with viral encephalitis and I was paralyzed for a while, partially. And um, I wanted to go to UC Berkeley and my parents wouldn't let me. And that was 1969. It was the year of the riots and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they sent me to a small women's college in Denver. And I, that was torture for me because <laughs> I fell in love with everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, um, anyway, I, I finally uh, ended up going to U- University of Hawaii for a semester and found a class that was fabulous in embryology and development biology. And went home, raised my grades, and got into UC Santa Barbara. And so I was there for about two and a half years. I was in the closet totally. I ended up getting married uh, to my best friend, and we were married for 10 years. So UCSB, in terms of LGBTQ, I had no connection with at all. Mm -hmm. Although now as an alumnus, uh, I do uh, send money to their center. So how different do you think your experience would have been if you had the representation that LGBTQ plus young scientists have nowadays? Uh, it would have been completely different uh, because I didn't know a gay person or a lesbian when I was growing up at all. Mm-hmm. I had no role models. I was the only girl of my generation and I was the, the last child of my parents and I was a tomboy, but that's what you did. You played sports and you, mm-hmm. you know, just did what you could do to be yourself. But I would, there were expectations of me because I came from a very high level social family. My, my folks, my family were, uh, they owned department stores. And I was sent to modeling school uh, as a teenager and flunked out. They gave my dad his money back. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was just, I just couldn't fit in. I was, I was a square peg in a round hole. And uh, was that way for most of my life till actually I came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was freeing for me. Absolutely. It was the worst day of my life and the best day of my life. <laughs> you let go from a job. So yeah. especially because uh, I, I was on a very notorious project at City of Hope early on. My first job there was cloning the, the human gene for insulin, which started the entire biotechnology revolution. And um, that was huge. And then mm-hmm. I left for a different lab and was there for three and a half years before being sabotaged. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I've been on some very famous projects. <laughs> That's amazing. Because I don't have a PhD. I'm, in a, I'm a member of the professional staff and research faculty at Caltech without a PhD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah it's lucky. <laughs> so you have been the chair of the board of directors of Noggle Step. I'll just call it that. That's a big mouthful. Um, <laughs> since 1989, can you tell us about how you became involved? 
Well, uh, I became involved because I was working with the Los Angeles Gay and Lesbian Scientists, and there was a number of people that wanted to nucleate a national organization because uh, there were about 13 other regional organizations across the United States. And uh, so we got together at American Association for Advancement of Science meeting and coalesced there. And there were pretty much uh, Walt Westman and uh, several other men from LA Gay and Lesbian Scientists and uh, Amy Ross. Uh, we were all sort of helping to put this together. And it turned out that the guys, most of them died of AIDS. And so Barbara and I held the thing together. And uh, there was a guy in Chicago that helped Joe Schreiner, we kind of just kept it going, essentially, you know, picked up the threads and ran with it. And so it became a passion for me because uh, we, I do this not only in their memory, but to increase our visibility and our recognition of all of the wonderful things that our community does. And so that's why we have recognition awards. And the best thing for me, self-fulfilling, is the starting up of the scholarship fund. Mm-hmm. And um, we're com- com- we're increasing that uh, even this year. Been writing grants uh, now from to the Motorola Solutions Foundation, and they've been funding us and being able to recognize wonderful people who are needy and and they've become they've become just the best assets for our society. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing how far these people have come, and so I, that's the the pleasure I get is to be able to recognize and to fulfill people's dreams. That's what fills my heart. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about like how you've seen this organization change and evolve and grow over the last couple decades since you've been with the organization since its founding? Well, I think that the best thing that happened to us was at the American Association for the Advancement of Science meetings. And, and the year that we met was the year that Margaret Mead made a resolution for the for the uh, AAAS Council for Non-Discrimination for Sexual Minorities. And that that kind of pushed us to continue to try and become an affiliate of that organization. And it took us a while. We actually had to incorporate and become a nonprofit in order to do that. Although they didn't really tell us that at first. We just kept hitting our heads against the, mm-hmm. the uh, infrastructure. But once we got that, then we were able to do symposia and, and bring uh, career development workshops for our community. And that was the biggest thing, I think, for us, because we were the first group of people in the science community to discuss the lack of funding for AIDS research. It was called Homophobia and AIDS Research. And um, that was the first time it was ever discussed on a national level. And so that kind of kicked us out there in the realm of, of recognition. And we've just been doing a lot of other things. Uh, Biology of homosexuality was a big thing uh, when Dean Hamer had uh, discovered uh, the X uh, pieces of the X chromosome that he thought were related to male homosexuality. And he came to us and he said, would you mind putting on a symposium so we can discuss the ethics and all the ramifications of that. So that got us out there in terms of of that. And we've been uh, about every other year, every three years, putting on scientific sessions on our and for our community, as well as career development workshops for young people. So having a forum at AAAS really pushed us out into the national realm. And we just 
you know, have been going from there, uh, ramping it up with the scholarships and the recognition awards. And mm -hmm. then we started Out to Innovate. Mm -hmm. um, Out to Innovate is a summit for LGBTQ people in STEM. And it was the first one ever of its kind. And we've been doing it every other year and bringing our recognition award people there and, and paying our way for our scholars to come mm -hmm. and bringing in people who are leaders in their fields that are LGBTQ to hold workshops and plenary sessions and keynotes. And that really put us on the map too. So yeah, yeah it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who is this directed to, the, the Out and Innovate? It's for uh, people in STEM, so students mm -hmm. through all the way through professionals to come together okay. and, and mentor each other and share diversity experiences, mm -hmm. find uh, a mentor, find ways of looping into jobs, getting advice, uh, just, just bringing together and celebrating the fact that we are here, we're here for each other. It's, yeah. it's a building bridges. Yeah, that's amazing. So how can people, find out more and get involved with Out to Innovate? Well, we have a website for Out to Innovate. Uh, we have a website for Noggle Step, and so you can find out that way. And on our website, on the Noggle Step website, you can also get to Out to Innovate as well. We're not sure if this is going to happen, but we're going to do a joint uh, summit with OSTEM, that's Out in Science, Technology, yeah. and Math, mm -hmm. um, in Anaheim uh, in November. Oh, wow. So we will be doing a joint program. It's their 10th national conference, and they asked us to please join them. We had done this, oh, a number of years ago at Georgia Tech with them when they were first getting started. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but we don't know if it's going to end up as a virtual or not. So right. you know, yeah. we're all living in uncertain times here. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll definitely have to stay in touch about that because that yeah. sounds really interesting. It sounds like right up Haroldo and I's alley. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a great experience. And, and we're, we were hoping when we started planning this that we would actually get about a thousand people there, which would be fantastic. Yeah. Wow, that would be. So like, like you mentioned, you've been part of other LGBTQ plus organizations such as the LA Gay and Lesbian Scientist. Could you explain in your experience why is it important to get involved in these groups of professionals and why does representation matter? Well, the representation matters because we can all help the visibility campaign. The more visible we are, the more accepting we're going to be. You know, we have to agree to disagree with our colleagues who are not LGBTQ. But by having a national organization, a professional society, we really are professional society. Mm -hmm. And that kind of thing can really help to bring people together, but also provide a ladder up, a hand up the ladder of your fields. And, and I always recommend if you, if you know what the field you want to be in and you start the courses, get into the national societies that represent you. And many of them now, we've been helping a number of them uh, nucleate around the LGBT population within their society to form groups. American Chemical Society was one of the first to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, the gay and transgender and ally uh, chemists of the subdivision of professional relations for ACS is a wonderful role model for all of them. And we're beginning to get a lot more. The American Institute for Chemical Engineers is, is on board with as an affiliate now. 
with novel stuff. We, the ornithologists just came on board with the rainbow lorikeets. Um, <laughs> you know, we have an, a number of, of other organizations that are joining as affiliates, and that is going to help not only to have a place in a reception and probably poster sessions at professional society meetings where you can actually network into your next job or into your next incarnation as a graduate student or proposed postdoc, whatever. This is where you can, number one, learn pride in your field. And number two, make yourself known as being out because now people and businesses are looking for LGBT people for their affinity groups and their employee resource groups as, as an asset. And no longer will you be a pariah. You, will, you should be, take that pride and help um, elevate everybody. Mm-hmm. And the intersectionality of the whole thing between all the employee resource groups and the affinity groups, even on your campus, it's a, a rising tide. You know, all the boats are going to float if we all work together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So you've been working with Nagelstadt for a long time. What is your goal or dream that you see this organization growing into? Or what is the, like, what would be like the ultimate dream that Nagelstadt accomplishes or kind of achieves? Well, I I think that one of the things we have to do is rebrand to be more inclusive, and we're working on that right now. And we want to be a professional society for all STEM for LGBTQ people. That is, that is the ultimate goal, and to work with all the professional societies and be recognized as an entity that people can come to to learn about our community, but also to recognize and put forward people within their own professional societies who should be recognized for the work that they're doing. I think that that goes a long way to making us not only visible, but celebrated. And um, we just this year, we had several members who've been inducted into Hall of Fames, the the Inventors Hall of Fame for one, and uh, we've had several McCarthy uh, Genius Award winners. You know, these are people that need to be known Mm -hmm. that they're part of our community, and they're doing such excellent work, you know. So that's... Yeah, definitely. I think that that totally goes on the same like foundation of this podcast is like we feel the exact same way is that like every single one of these LGBTQ chemists and scientists, their stories deserve to be heard and we deserve to know about them because they're some of the most like incredible people and most accomplished people in our fields. And we just don't know who they are. We don't know that they're out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just even going off of like what you're saying about networking and, and meeting people in your own field not only makes yourself seen, but also you see others and you validate others by showing up to these different events and things like that. So Yeah, and you find out you can do it, that you're not going to be held back. And that's something. We we all work together and we can all make our dreams come true. That's (laughs) Definitely. Exactly. (laughs) So what has been the best experience you've had in your LGBTQ plus diversity work so far? Well, I can tell you that the highlight of my life mm-hmm. was being asked to go to the National Science Foundation and be the keynote speaker for the, their Pride Month. 
Wow. wow. Uh, that just blew me away. It just blew me away. Mm -hmm. And um, I have the certificate and they gave me an award. It's out front in my office. When people come <laughs> in, they see it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's something to be really proud of. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I just, uh, it just was, I never thought in my wildest dreams that that would ever happen to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and it, you know, of course, it's really happened for the organization, but it gave me great pride to represent. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, you know, um, because of our work, I was made a, uh, a thought leader for a group called Discover Engineering. So I represent to this group that's not an LGBT group, but it's a, it's a known entity, a nonprofit. And I'm a thought leader for what they call the Global Marathon. And that's every year there's a, like, it's like podcasts in a way, but it's, it's a, a Zoom meetings, five Mondays in a row for the International Women's Month. And two years ago, I got to interview Frances Arnold, who was a Nobel Prize winner. Oh, wow. At Caltech. Mm -hmm. And to be able to spend time with her and actually be the interviewer yeah. uh, was fabulous. You know, it's just being able to have that opportunity. You know, even though, you know, Frances is not LGBTQ, but mm -hmm. I took such pride and she respected me so much that she volunteered to do it. And, um, and Caltech allowed me to, to use the premises and the name. So I was, there were just sometimes doors open and you just have to have the chutzpah to walk through them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was very proud of, of that. It's, um, and, uh, and I'm very proud of, of working with my wife, Barbara, on, on Noggle Step and, uh, and actually working uh, with her uh, as her TA <laughs> until the crisis came along. You know, just, it's, it's just wonderful to be able to share my life with someone who we understand what the other person's doing and uh, mm -hmm. kind of the air under each other's wings. We've been together for 37 years. And you both are just doing like incredible, incredible things with mm -hmm. your life. It's such, it's so much fun to get to talk to you since we got to talk to Barbara mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. And I mean, I'm just blown away by the sheer amount of work and advocacy that y'all have mm -hmm. done in LGBTQ advocacy in the STEM field. And you guys really laid down a lot of that foundational work that mm is part of the reason why we're even able to do this today, that we even felt yeah, comfortable to enough to be out and proud in graduate school. So, Well, you just, you know, you just have to take all the opportunities that you can when they come your way. And we're glad to be able to, you know, make that yellow brick road open up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So going a little bit um, along with what we've been talking about, what, what is your opinion on the current state of representation of queerness in STEM and even in the field of biology and, and the research that you do? Well, I think the field of biology is actually behind uh, uh, the chemists and uh, some of these other groups. Uh, only, only recently is ASCB really coming online and the, the lorikeets are pushing their way through it, um, which is interesting because I haven't been able, I'd never been able to really crack that. But we've got some good energy from young people uh, right now. And uh, so that's opening up. And I, I think that just we're getting much better in recognition. And OSTEM is helping that too, because the young people today expect to be open. 
Mm-hmm. And that is a completely different ball game from where I came from. Yeah. And, um, and I think uh, the last 10 years, actually the last five years, has been a logarithmic increase in respect and recognition that the young people are forcing society to open up. And, um, and I think that that's, it's going to be good for, for, for STEM. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be good because now the textbooks are asking us to have a little dialogue in their textbooks. That they'll be representing LGBTQ in their textbooks. That's never happened before. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, um, and and just the amount of recognition and and the fact that the companies now really respect our our community, mm-hmm. and um, and I re- and actually recruit our community to a large extent. And uh, the national labs all have employee resource groups. And, uh, you know, I think we've been kind of in a sprint up till about two, three years ago. Um, And then we kind of slid back a little bit with the administration because of with what's been happening with with, uh, transgender rights and things like that in education. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just have to hold our ground and we have to, continue to recruit among other communities to help us and to to derive respect in our fields where everybody will then see the merit moving forward and that's that's the challenge you know i think that uh, this has been interesting coming through this last three months where we're going to be how many jobs are going to be lost Mm-hmm. Um, who's going to be the lowest on the totem pole to be cut. And you know that our, our community, many times, the, you know, the easiest excuse is when we lose our jobs. So uh, we have to, to be vigilant and we have to communicate our needs and we have to all work together in, through our intersectional communications and, and networks to bring us all back together where we need to be. Uh, because it's been very divisive, and I don't know what the future is going to bring in terms of where we come out of this in, in the fall or even in the new year. Mm-hmm. But we just have to um, put our best foot forward. And keep pushing and forward. Keep, keep moving forward. Even mm-hmm. if we have to take one step back, take two steps forward. <laughs> yeah. So if you could give any advice to young LGBTQ scientists who may be navigating their sexuality, identity, or their place in the STEM field, what would it be? Take pride in yourself. Do what you believe to be best for yourself, first of all, because you have to be safe. But I am a believer in being out when you go on an interview. If you get a bad reaction, you don't want to be there. Simple as that. Because you want to bring your best self to whatever you're doing. Because we all represent. Every one of us represents. And um, I think... People will respect you if you respect yourself. That's my advice. There are times and places where you cannot be there if it doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. No, be there. You know, Karate Kid, no, be there. <laughs> so, you know, try and, and network as best you can. Find organizations like ours to help. Mm-hmm. Be your best representative and, and don't let anybody tell you you can't. Yeah, that's a really great advice. So last question, how can people connect with you on social media or even get more involved with Noggle Stop? 
Well, the best place to go is to our website to get more involved. Mm -hmm. And there's many things that, you know, you can, for students, I think it's $10 a year. If you're out of work, it's $10 a year. If you're working professional, it's like 40. I mean, it's more pretty cheap. We have no paid staff. No, we're all volunteers. And we, you know, there's so many things that you can volunteer to do. And we're always looking for, for energy and people to go to, to your professional meeting and maybe represent. Maybe we'll give some money to put on a reception, some cookies and some drinks <laughs> or whatever. That's, that's what we do, try and mm -hmm. uh, nucleate. I'm on LinkedIn. I am not on the other social media because I just am overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> I let Barbara do that. <laughs> uh, so uh, she's my, my Twitter maven. But basically, um, so you can find me on LinkedIn as Rochelle Diamond, or you can actually just write to me as uh, rd-chair rd at noggostep.org. And I return email, absolutely. And in June, we're going to launch a fellowship named the Ben Barris Fellowship for graduate students and postdocs for research and career development, which is a first. Anonymous donor gave us some money to do this, and we're going to be handing out some money for that. So if, if there's any interest at all, just uh, email us, and we will be happy to talk to anybody and to network you in. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much. I think that was all we had. This was an incredible conversation. Yeah. And like I said, we're both completely in awe of the work that you and Barbara do. So thank mm -hmm. you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I, yeah. uh, of course. You know, it's just been a pleasure and, and hopefully uh, we can reach everybody who needs to be reached. Yes, definitely. definitely. And hopefully we'll get to meet you in person at some point. Great. Well, yeah. well uh, if, we get, if we can get this uh, out to innovate going, you can come in November. Yes, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> All well, right, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. And, and maybe you could do some podcasts there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> All right. Great talking with you. All right. Same thank to you. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Remember on our Twitter, you can find more information on how to get involved in supporting the Black community and our fight against police brutality and systemic racism. We challenge you to call out oppression in your life. Change begins with us. As we celebrate Pride Month, let's remember that First Pride was a riot led by trans women of color. Let's honor them and do the work necessary to truly support our queer Black siblings. As always, remember to fill out the nomination form on our Twitter if you're interested in being interviewed for the show. You can follow us at MFQC Pride. Take care, everybody, and stay safe. We'll see you next week. Bye. Adios.